Welcome to The Gospel According to with Brian and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. All right, well, today we're picking up in Revelation chapter 19, uh, verses 5 and 6 through the end of the chapter. So let's start off with just a little bit of recap. We have covered so much ground through this book, and there's so much density and all sorts of visions. So if we just think back to the overarching flow of the book, as far back as chapters 4 and 5, there we saw this great throne room scene with the one sitting on the throne worthy of all sorts of worship and glory for all his his uh, work in creation in the world. And then the, the drama centers in on this scroll that's in his hand, and, and the questions ask, who's worthy to open the scroll and, and carry out the purposes of God? Uh, and, and initially the answer is given, no one's worthy, but there's the lion from the tribe of Judah who's overcome, and he's worthy. And when John looks, he sees this lamb standing as slain, and he takes the scroll ready to open it and, and carry forward the purposes of God. And before he does that, or, uh, heaven and earth erupt in worship and praise of the Creator and the Lamb. And so then what we see is the chapters unfold um, these seven seals and these seven trumpets and all of these things are, are containing these purposes of God, describing how God is carrying out his purposes, particularly in light of Daniel 7, as we saw, that this war between, between the enemies, the evil powers, and the saints, but the, the, the Ancient of Days would pass judgment in favor of the saints, and the saints would inherit the kingdom. And so we've heard this story over and over again, and we're now, as we've come in this last section in, in um, chapters 15 through 16 and 17 and 18, we're seeing um, that judgment in, against these evil powers in so many ways. But now as we come into chapter 19, we're seeing some pictures of glory and victory, um, the victory of the, the Messiah and his people over these powers of evil, these powers uh, that are ruled by the dragon and empowered by the dragon. And so let's pick up in Revelation 19, uh, beginning in verse 5. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true words of God. Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do that. I'm a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of God. All right, Ryan, why don't you walk us through that? Yeah, I mean, th this is just an incredible scene. I think this is one of the most emotional scenes of the whole Bible. Mm. It's just filled yeah. with the heights of God's joy. You know, w whenever you think through who is God, you know, t typically the images of God that we see are very somber and solemn. If there's a face mm. at all, typically it's just a light. But but mm -hmm. this is a God who is smiling and is joyous because mm -hmm. now his son has a marriage. And this is a yes. happy, exciting day. Jessica and I have been blessed to be at a couple mm -hmm. weddings recently. And weddings are supposed to be happy, joyous, wonderful events. 
And as you know, Mike, I think it's interesting to see. This is in very sharp contrast to the tone of most of the rest of the book, where mm-hmm. from chapter 6 onward, we have seen war, we have seen judgment, but now we are getting to these true scenes of victory. There have been glimpses yeah, of these victories, you said, throughout the book? Yeah, absolutely. Little blips of praise and worship and all that. Sort right, of but now the blip, I guess, is turning into an explosion, where yeah, this is uh-huh. an explosion of praise. Now, it's interesting to me to note, why is the heavenly host exalting God and praising Him? Well, verse 7, let us rejoice and exult and give glory to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Mike, who is the Lamb? Who is the bride? The, the Lamb is absolutely Jesus, Messiah, you know, from beginning to end in this book. Uh, and the bride is her, his, his people, his church. Yeah. And, you know, if you take this so, just, just so, so joyously, the cross mm-hmm. is the place where Jesus literally gives of his body for the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where the church is now fully receiving the body of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we are entering yeah. into the mm-hmm. covenant eternally with him. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that this image probably makes some Christians a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> because sure. it's probably not a dominant one. I mean, growing up, uh-huh. the, the main vision of judgment that I heard was, you know, the, the right and the left and what's going to be on each side. But, but Revelation's giving us one here that's very joyous, where Jesus yeah. is now going to take eternal joy in his people. You know, Old Testament mm-hmm. books like Hosea, uh, even Ezekiel yes. 16 a bit, gets us yeah. ready mm-hmm. for this image. So this is not totally new yeah. to the Scripture. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Jesus is now entering into marriage with the church for eternity. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. we have to understand, and this is important to note, that human marriage is a shadow of the heavenly reality, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in verse eight, it was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And this is just a beautiful vision to think that there is coming a time when Jesus is going to enter fully into eternal covenant with the bride. And we will wear bright Mike, you and I both are brides. (laughs) And, and, and I think this is probably why preachers don't often focus on this one is, you know, we have to think of ourselves as brides here. But um, we are clothed with the righteous deeds of the saints, following the Lamb, following in the mercy and the sacrifice that he has given. This is what is then clothing us as we enter into this. So at least for me, I think this is just one of the most joyous scenes of victory that you find anywhere in the Bible. Absolutely. Uh, I'm so glad you punctuate, emphasize that idea of the the joy and celebration here. We we have to think of our hope in those terms, right, of joy. And, and even, even if I'll just underscore verse, verse 8 again, that idea of the righteous acts of the saints, one of the things that's sort of been on, you know, in my mind the last, last couple years especially is, is the idea of just as we, as we see what God's working in us to, to do and to accomplish and to transform um, is not simply forgiven people who just sort of receive but are remade people who are who are growing up into what God wants us Absolutely. to be and doing yes. doing what is yes. right. And so here, what they're clothed with is is that making right, being right, doing right. So. Yes, absolutely. 
And then, then as you get down to verse 9, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Again, this is, yes. this is a feast. Um, Isaiah has mm-hmm. prophesied of this, where an eternal yeah. feast is coming. And then Absolutely. I fell down at the feet to worship him. But he said to me, you must not do that, for I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship Absolutely. God. I think this is reminding us eternally who will we be in covenant with? Yeah, eternally, who will we be wed yeah. to? Mm-hmm. We, as the bride of Christ, have a special invitation that it doesn't seem that even the angels are in. Mm. You know, I, I yeah. wondered for a long time in verse 9, well, if Christ is marrying the people of God, who then is watching and are invited to the marriage supper? Well, mm-hmm. it's the heavenly host. The mm-hmm. heavenly hosts are watching this and celebrating this, where they themselves are not even really then a part of that. They're, they're, they're part of the celebration of it. But all of us then, verse 10, are humbled to know we, whether angels or whether Christians, are might be our servants of God. And then this is one of my favorite sentences in the whole Bible. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. <clears throat> Well, how about we read this next section of victory? Very good. Too. Very good. That's good. All right. Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war, his eyes a flame of fire, and on his head many diadems, and he has a name written which no one knows except himself. He's clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's stop there and and see that before before we read on and see him yeah, I mean, doing th- th- his thing. Th- this I think is so important for us to note that as you work through the end of Revelation nineteen into twenty two, this is giving us differing visions of that victory that's going to come. Yeah, the the first one that we saw in five through ten was one of joy, where Jesus is yeah. the bridegroom, and mm-hmm. that's the general image of Jesus as the bridegroom. Whenever you look at the second part of Revelation 19, I think of this part where Jesus is pictured as the divine son. This is, I think, where Psalm Mm -hmm. 2 is reaching its full Mm -hmm. fulfillment, where the son of God is now the one Mm -hmm. who is exercising dominion over the enemies of God. The son of God is executing eternal righteousness, and the son of God is executing eternal justice for God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very, very important that we hold the two of these together. You know, in our postmodern culture, we love to think of the love of God that he has for his people, but at times shy away from the justice of God. Mm. Other times and other traditions have had that probably out of focus as well, where they focus too much on the sinners in the hands of an angry God without recognizing we are sinners in the hands of a loving God as well. Um, So I I think Revelation 19 is helping us to hold these together, to recognize this Mm -hmm. is one God who both loves his people relentlessly, but also relentlessly hates evil. And, and yeah. this is what the, really the focus you see, is both the relentless love of God for his people and the relentless hate of God for evil. 
Well, in, in, in realizing if we were to sort of borrow from maybe Isaiah for just a little bit in the way Isaiah talks about sin as sickness, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, if cancer is bringing death, you know, what's your attitude towards cancer, right? Yes. You're not nice and cute towards it and, you know, just like sort of cuddle it. You, you want to eradicate and wipe out. And so taking on that same view, realizing um, t- to bring about the new creation imagery that we're going to see as the book unfolds and, and to see that kingdom in the age to come, right? Realizing that evil, evil will be defeated, will be purged, Absolutely. will be will be in some cases completely transformed. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is the full wisdom of God at work here. Mm-hmm. One other detail, Mike, before you continue on through the rest of the text. I, I think it's also important to note in verse 13, the name of Jesus. He is clothed mm. in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. You know, yes. he is the Word, John 1. He was with God, he is God. And now the name that he's wearing is the word of God. And much as Isaiah likewise prophesied of the word of God that would come forth, that would execute judgment and also bring about growth, Jesus is the embodiment of this. He is faithful. He is true. He is righteous. He is royal. He is the king. He is the son. He is the word of God. And this is reminding us then, I think, of chapter 1 of that initial image of Jesus that we Mm, had. Yeah. Absolutely. Where now, yes, he has won the victory over sin and death, and yet here he is executing final judgment on the powers, Mm -hmm. and you see that Mm -hmm. come full circle in the book of Revelation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see then, again, seeing the King of kings and Lord of lords with his great army ready to wage war for his people. Um, now we're, we're going back to see these enemies, these beasts that we read about back in chapters 13 and 14 and 16 and verse 17, <laughs> verse 17, anyway. Uh, then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in mid-heaven, come assemble for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of the kings and the flesh of commanders and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and those who sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves, and small and great. Next scene. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who've received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. And these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty gruesome. <laughs> I mean, this, this really is. And y- you've helped me to think through this, Mike, in previous conversations, where how in the world do you reconcile a Lord who gives of his body for his people at the cross with now what appears to be a Lord who is executing judgment upon his enemies with with almost cruel design behind mm-hmm. it. I, I, that may be an overstatement, but that was at least how this yeah. text is read to me before. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things at work, but the, you know, part of it is context and just you know, Revelation is is speaking to a very specific context and circumstances that are different 
yeah. than our, our world, right? You know, we're, we want everything to be packaged in really nice and pretty, politically correct terms. And, and Revelation is just entering a very different world from that perspective. But, but, but even from the biblical context, right, realizing that the sort of outer frame is God as king administering what is right and, and promoting life and fullness of life and flourishing and all these kinds of things, love and joy, and yet evil is an insertion and a disruption and a corruption of those things. And so the, the, the scriptures anticipate that God as king is going to eliminate all that evil to to yes. bring in and make new and and so the cross comes into that to even defy and uh revolutionize our view of how God goes about Absolutely. that and so we see yeah. love at the very center of it but it's always involved dealing with evil the cross just shows us that that happens that, that before he just eliminates evil he wants to transform it and 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 grant repentance and and all you know peter still probably summed it up as best as anyone god doesn't want any to perish mm-hmm. but all to come to repentance yes. you know um and so that's what we kind of what we're it seeing is and you know just just taking picture. the theology of the cross a bit further here because this is what's really struggled in my mind with this text for a long time a couple of notes here you know verse nine blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb mm-hmm. you know this is, I think, important for us to recognize that this scene of judgment is immediately preceded by an invitation for saints to have righteous deeds and to live out and to be a part and to be the bride that Jesus mm-hmm. enters into eternal covenant with. Yes. But then that also demands us to see that that demands the destruction of evil. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, yeah. I've heard it said very simply, and this is helpful to me, that the cross is the time, or the, perhaps let me rephrase that. The cross is where Jesus defeats evil. The mm-hmm. second advent is where he destroys evil. Mm-hmm. And as you yeah. work through Revelation, that fits so well, where mm-hmm. Jesus defeated evil through the power of love and sacrifice and mercy at the cross. And at that point, he opens his arms up to everyone who will come to him, yeah. embraces them, you may say. Yeah. But this is the time when his arms are now closed and the sword is coming and judgment mm-hmm. against evil is coming. And yes. this is important, again, for us to note that the beast and the false prophet who have done ungodly things in Revelation yes. to this point exactly. are being yeah. judged. And so, you know, mm-hmm. just to put all this together of who is God, how has he been revealed in Jesus, what is this revealing to us about God? I, I, I think it's difficult at times, but we really have to hold together a God who is relentlessly loving toward his people, but a God who yeah. relentlessly hates everything that works against his purposes. That's right. You know, so sometimes, the, the you know, it, if this isn't reconciling with the cross, it may be because sometimes our view of the cross doesn't take the sin, the enemies, serious yes, enough. Yes. Right. Have have a have a of nice or cute view of sin, or 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 a sweep it under the rug sort of idea, and that's not how God does it. You you talked a lot recently about it, God's not simply forgiving. Right. He's doing that, but He's also doing much more. He's reconciling and He's rectifying, and so. Um, Realizing that to see the whole, 
we've got to take sin seriously and realize that is a cancer, that is an enemy that that is corrupting and destroying, and and to to let what is good and right and life giving and peace and joy and love flow un, unhindered, uncorrupted, undistorted, sin, death, these powers of darkness yes, have to be dealt absolutely. with. absolutely. Well, how about I close this out by trying to explain how I think this is such a practical section of Scripture as well. You know, yeah, please do. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to witness a baptism, and I've been trying to think through what does this text tell to someone who's a new creation in Christ? And I think this is the message of Revelation 19. Jesus wants to enter into an eternal marriage covenant with you forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Clo- be clothed in righteous deeds. Be mm-hmm. clothed in deeds of mercy and deeds of righteousness and holiness so that whenever Jesus returns, we may enter into that eternal covenant with him. Mm-hmm. But also be aware the powers of evil are at work. The powers are at work deceiving and murdering Mm -hmm. and bringing about every form of wickedness to God's good creation. God takes it seriously, and God will judge one day. The question for us, then, is will we be clothed with righteous deeds, or will our hands be guilty with blood? Thanks for listening to the Gospel According To podcast. If you have any questions about church today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns.